0: Your challenges don't define you. How you deal with them does. So, are you ready to recover from reality?
1: One part of my mind, like, still gives me a little bit of anxiety because I don't want to go through that stress again because stress does kind of affect my physical health.
0: Yeah, but at Um, the same time, like, that worry, we all have to take responsibility for our own stresses, right? And so um, I'm here to tell you that even though this might be hard to hear, it's really difficult. And I know because I dealt with this with Tess when I was trying to help Tess get sober. I realized Mm -hmm. how much I was putting all of these expectations on her to stay sober for my own serenity. And how unfair is that? I mean, your brother is suffering from an addiction. Like, you know, he already has enough pressure on him. And so it's everybody in the family's responsibility to deal with their own fears, right? And so underlying those feelings of like, this affects, I mean, just imagine, like, if he heard you saying that, like, this affects my body and my mind and my blah, 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 because of you. And it's like, no, you're responsible. You know, and I know that's a hard truth. And I always, you know, I don't beat around the bush. (laughs) We are all (laughs) responsible for our own mental health. That was a quick clip from this week's episode. I'm doing a solo up today, which always makes me feel um, a little bit lonely here in the studio. I love having guests, but I wanted to do a Q&A last week. I asked you guys, both in my Recovering From Reality Facebook group. If you're not a part of that, come join us. It's literally facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash Recovering From Reality, I believe, to join our community. And then I also asked on the Instagram page, if you guys are following along with us, then you'll know that we're pretty, pretty darn active on that thing. Happy New Year. I am so stoked about 2020. I feel like 2020 is definitely our year, you guys. We are becoming conscious. We are waking up to our real selves. Our community is growing. Our podcast numbers are up. If you like this podcast, here's my only plug that you'll hear. And then I'm going to dive right into these questions. If you like this podcast, please make sure you're subscribed. Just hit the subscribe button. And if you really like it, leave, you know, five stars or a review. Um, But yeah, so we're diving into this Q&A app. I've got the call in format along with questions that you guys have provided for me. And just like that, we have our first caller. So I'm going to pick up. Hey, you're on with Alexis. Who is this? What's your name? Hi, I'm Ellie. Hi, Ellie. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good, thank you. What's your question?
1: So I have a brother who's um, currently in, like, away at rehab. And I don't know, I think I'm just kind of nervous of, like, what to expect, like, when he comes back to live with us, because there was, like, a lot of trauma that went on in the house. Um, Even though, like, me and my family have been getting like our help and like going to meetings and listening to podcasts, reading a lot of stuff. So just like some coping mechanisms of like how to deal with like the anxiety of living together again because um, I live like in a really like expensive area. So it's like kind of hard to kind of just like move out on my own, even though I do want to do that in the future. Like that's definitely in my plans. So yeah, I'm just kind of looking for some like advice.
0: Absolutely, um so at your brother's facility that he's at, are they offering group therapy?
1: yeah um,
0: uh, for the family I mean uh,
1: yeah, yeah, um every month me and my parents we go to um, uh, they're kind of these like weekend retreats mm-hmm. for like the family members and um, we have just like therapy sessions and like group dynamics like all day long and it kind of uh, helps because we meet the other families in there and they're like the same therapists that work with our family members in there as well.
0: Yeah. Okay. So I think one of the first things that um, would be really helpful is for everybody to set boundaries. So, boundaries are things that we set for ourselves, not for, you know, mm-hmm. to change your brother's behavior, but to keep yourself safe. Um, And so I think that by having really clear boundaries about what you are and aren't comfortable with um, will be a huge, huge benefit for the entire family. I think that we yeah. all need to remember that when somebody is in active addiction or in early recovery, they're really battling a lot. And I know it's hard sometimes when there's been a lot of turmoil in the family unit to think about, you know, the he, he, the perpetrator, if we can call an addict that, but in the family unit, right? They're the person that's acting out because they're in pain, right? And affecting the family, Um, But everybody plays their role. Like your parents had a role in your brother's addiction, right? And so um, everybody has their role and it's easy. I mean, it's hard to go. It's hard to move past the resentment and to move into a place of healing when there's been so much turmoil. And I think the only solution for that is time. Time. Mm-hmm. And I'm um, I, i going to recommend uh, that the whole family reads two great books. One is the book by Dr. Gabor Mate called In the Realm of the Hungry Ghost. And uh, oh, okay. I, I think that that's an amazing book that's all about addiction by a doctor, but from the addict's perspective and his yeah. case findings and... and after 30 years of practice, uh, working as a psychiatrist with addicts. And then the other book is Brene Brown. Uh, I thought it was just me, but it isn't. Uh, and all of her stuff about shame, um, is really important because especially in a family where addiction is present, there's a lot of shame. There's shame, Uh, that the addict is feeling and that has been imposed on the addict. And then there's the shame that the parents feel about having um, a son who's addicted. And then there's your personal shame as a sister who's in this (laughs) dynamic. And so, you know, and I just want to say I'm really proud of you guys for, you know, doing the work because a lot of family members um, don't actually do the work. And so, yeah. uh, you know, by doing that you are increasing your chances. I think that everyone just needs to be really realistic about um, you know, this might not be your brother's last time to treatment and this, you know, he might have a slip yeah. up along the way. Having clear boundaries before that happened is what's going to make that situation um feel safer for everybody if that makes sense.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And it's, I think I'm more, in a way, I'm a little bit more at ease because this, this actually isn't his second time like in treatment. Mm-hmm. Um. So the second time around, so my parents like aren't, Um. they divorced years ago. Um. So they don't live, like we don't live together. My dad lives out of state, but now my dad is involved because the first time my brother was in treatment, my dad wasn't like involved at all. And now like I feel that all four of us it kind of does put me at ease a little bit that we have, like we're building the knowledge to use these tools. um, But still like, like one part of my mind, like still gives me a little bit of anxiety because I don't want to go through that stress again, because stress does kind of affect my physical health.
0: Yeah. But at the Um, same time, like that worry, we all have to take responsibility for our own stresses. Right. And so um, I'm here to tell you that even though this might be hard to hear, it's really difficult. And I know because I dealt with this with Tess when I was trying to help Tess get sober, I realized Mm -hmm. how much I was putting all of these expectations on her to stay sober for my own serenity. And how unfair is that? I mean, your brother is suffering from an addiction. Like, you know, he already has enough pressure on him. And so it's everybody in the family's responsibility to deal with their own fears. Right? And so... Underlying those feelings of like, this affects, I mean, just imagine like if he heard you saying that, like, this affects my body and my mind and my blah, 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 because of you. And it's like, no, you're responsible, you know. And I know that's a hard truth. And I always, you know, I don't beat around the bush. (laughs) We are all uh, responsible for our own mental health. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not responsible for my sexual abuse, but I'm responsible to then go and heal myself from that. Right. Um, yeah. because it, it's like, we, we have to take care of ourselves. And so I'm just here to tell you that you can be, um, in a state of peace, um, no matter what is going on in your life. And the, and I just right. did a, um, a video on my Instagram. I don't know if you, I mean, I guess you do cause you've you called in from, from that story, but, um, I did an IGTV video about, um, You know, and I've done podcast episodes about that, having that unshakable faith, building that resilience where we can stay grounded and centered no matter what is going on in our lives. And in this world that Mm -hmm. feels so chaotic where there's things happening all the time, it's like, how do we remain conscious, connected human beings? So I would recommend that you go and watch that. Um, Read that book by Dr. Gabor Monte. Pick up that work by Brene Brown and just keep at it. It is baby steps. Um, yeah you know and it really is
1: yeah okay this is so helpful thank you so Mm -hmm. much
0: absolutely Ellie and thank you so much for calling and I really appreciate it have a great day all right bye-bye you too bye that was a great call so one of the questions I got off Instagram was how do you deal with shame and we were just talking about that with that caller right I mean Brene Brown's work has been so powerful for me. And um, I think I've touched on this before on the podcast, but up until just a couple of years ago in the first number of years um, in my recovery, I still had so much shame. And when Evan and I bought our first house, we moved into this kind of like Stepford community where everybody knows their neighbors. And um, the school is almost like a private school because it's just for kids in the community. And it's really small and it felt um, really scary for me. And I was like, how am I going to navigate when people find out that I was in the bling ring and a heroin addict and all, uh, you know, had a reality show and all this stuff. And it was literally, it, it was so intense that eventually I just cracked. And I mean, I had like a mental breakdown over this and it took me a couple of months to recover, but that was the shame work, right? As I recognized all of the shame and, even though I had had my record cleared and was a mom and at that time probably had seven years sober, I still was carrying around like the scarlet letter, like the marking, you know, of like addict and junkie and dropout and loser and all of these belief systems that I had. And it wasn't until I was really willing to get vulnerable with myself and with others, that that shame started to go away. And that's kind of how this podcast was built. It was like, oh, wait, know I'm not going to let shame cripple me. I'm going to get out there and tell my story because I've got something to say and it's important and I know other people are going to benefit from what I have to say. And so, so many times when we can take that shame and turn it into something positive in our lives... That um, also really helps, but it's certainly not easy work. And then the other side of that is looking at our relationships with people and the shame triggers that we have, Um, the people in our lives who say things or act in certain ways that are shame inducing. And man, I had to take a look at a lot of the relationships that I was having with people and um, either set up some boundaries or uh, back away a bit. and the Birds fire on Instagram as well. Can't wait to see you next week. Someone said, what about quarter life crises and identity issues? Wow. Um, I think it's such a crazy time. There's this, there's this great book. We just talked about Dr. Gabor Mate. He wrote another book called Hold On to Your Kids. And it's all about how um, the importance of our children valuing our relationship with them more than the relationship we have with our peers. And so when I was growing up, you know, we didn't have social media. But I was still influenced by my peers in a ma- in major ways and felt like I had to conform in order to fit in. And that was really hard, especially, um, you know, and I've talked about this in the book and stuff, when my family was going through a lot of financial problems um you know and all of the girls at school were wearing the jeans from back then it was um oh my gosh the name's gonna come to me oh with those like stretchy clothes I mean it for not forever 21 but I don't know one of those stores that were super cool and you know we couldn't afford to shop there and you know and I think so often and now with social media it's far, far worse. And so we're so heavily influenced by the beauty industry and even by the wellness industry and um, by our peers to conform and to look a certain way. And, you know, I think for some of us who are starting on this path, whether you just felt the calling to Or you had some earth shattering experiences. I mean, so many of us have to be like rocketed, you know what I mean? And like beat down to get to a place where we're like, oh, wait, I can't function like this anymore. I need to figure out who I am. Um, And so I think the initial layer of that is like, you know, for me was who is Alexis? And so you know, for a long time, I identified as all of these things. Well, I'm a mom, I'm a sober woman, I'm a friend, I'm a daughter. Um, I'm I'm this, I'm that. These are the things I like. These are the things I don't like. And I would navigate all of that. And then when I really started on my spiritual journey, I started to have a relationship with my soul. And I realized that my soul is someone who is just using this body. (laughs) And she is powerful, and big and bright and beautiful. And she has a message to share. And she's loving and capable and confident in all of these things, right? And so, yeah, I mean, this is a really crazy time that we're living in. And, and, Some of the things that I would encourage everyone to do is to not consume content that you feel doesn't really align with who you really are and what you want to grow to. You know what I mean? And so um, I've unfollowed, I can't even tell you how many accounts. Then the other thing I would say is stop scrolling. I set a timer on my phone um, for two hours a day of social media. and that's still a lot, but this is my job, right? So after that time period, I get locked out and I get, you know, an alert, you know, that you've been on for two hours. and after that, I don't go back on. And uh, so, you know, with that time that I'm not sitting there scrolling, I'm meditating. I'm getting grounded and I'm connecting to this world, to Gaia, to Mother Earth, to people in my lives. And I'm and I'm listening to music and I'm figuring out the things that I really like. You know what I found out in this last year of in 2019? I found out that I like guacamole. (laughs) I find I found out I never tried guacamole and I thought I hated avocados. Am I not the weirdest person ever? I found out that I liked guacamole. I found out that I really, really need to be in nature more. Um, I found out that I love live music. I went to so many concerts. I was so blessed to go to so many concerts this year, and I oh God, I just found out so much stuff about myself that I didn't know, things that made my heart sing and and made me feel emotional. Um, So take the time to slow down. Notice the things that you're being influenced by and question the fuck out of them and you will figure out who you really are. So I hope that answered your question. Someone asked how to find the right therapist. Well, that's kind of a case by case situation. You know, whether you need a male or a female, I personally needed a female therapist because I had sex and love issues. I had, you know, daddy issues, I had all these things. And I just really felt like I needed a strong, older, grounded, you know, female influence in my life that didn't necessarily feel like a mother, but by, but like a guide. You know, I needed someone who was trained in EMDR. EMDR uh, was huge for my recovery, and I did it for many years, um, on and off. So, someone who is trained um, in EMDR and then also cognitive behavioral therapy CBT so i needed the emdr i needed the cbt and then also the spiritual component the meditation the all of that um so i think it's just kind of trial and error it, f- it took me a while to find the right therapist and then i finally did and then i moved and then i moved back and i and i went back to donna who is amazing and um Anybody who's in like the valley, hit me up if you want a great therapist. Donna's incredible. But Donna is incredible and she she really was just so profound in my growth. And I'm really lucky to have met such an incredible therapist. So I hope that helps. How to walk away from relationships that no longer serve you. Well, um, as Uta, my spiritual coach and advisor always says, she says, um, you know, relationships, they're here for a reason, a season or a lifetime. And in this last year, I've had to really analyze a lot of my relationships. And a couple in particular were really, really painful uh, to look at. But after I, I... did this work and I looked at like, okay, is this, is this relationship here for a reason, a season or a lifetime? I realized that it was there for a reason. And when I could analyze it from that perspective and take the lessons that I needed, um, to, from it, I, I had an easier time emotionally letting go. It's, it's not, easy, but it's easier, if that makes sense. Um, Another example was I had a friend who I grew up with, and we were as close as sisters. And a couple of years ago, she just disappeared out of my life. And this had happened before. And, you know, we'd gone back and forth, but my heart never really fully healed. There was no closure. And it really made me sad. And then, um, you know, and I was thinking about this person a few days before I got this text, actually. And the text that I was thinking, like, what did I do in the relationship? And I felt really just blindsided. And then out of nowhere, she texted me and was like, I'm sorry, it was my own shit. And we should get together. And I was like, yeah, absolutely. So The relationship thing is um, never an easy thing to navigate, but I think if we can analyze it of, you know, reason, um, season, or lifetime, it helps us figure out where people fit into that. We have another caller. Hi, can you hear me?
1: Hi, yeah, I can. Hi,
0: Sarah. How are you?
1: I'm doing good. How are you?
0: I'm good. What is your question?
1: So I was wondering what your relationship is like with, um, chess Now I know you guys were super close, um, 10 years ago while you were, you know, running around young, wild, and free. So I was just wondering what your relationship looks like nowadays. And if you guys are still close and how often you guys see each other.
0: Mm, yeah. So, um, I got sober. Let's see. <clears throat> I got sober in 2010 And that was, you know, Tess and my relationship was at a pretty rocky um, place. There was just like a lot of hurt, I think. Mm -hmm. And the show didn't get picked up and I had gone back to jail and I hadn't heard from her for a couple of months. And then she reached out and she said that she wanted to get help. And so I helped her get into the treatment center where I was at and that was a bad idea. Um, and she, uh, she ended up leaving and, um, but we still remained in contact and, you know, over the next year and a half, I spent a lot of time forcing her pretty much, not forcing her cause you can't make someone do something against their will, but uh-huh. really trying to get her to go into treatment over and over again. And what I realized was that she wasn't ready and I was trying to force her to go for my own comfort, you know, Mm -hmm. because it's uncomfortable when someone we love and care about is hurting. um, But it's like, almost like you have to ask yourself like, well, what, well, who's hurting more? Like, (laughs) you know, it's like, I, you know, it's like I, I'm hurting. And so I'm trying to fix her. So I feel better. It's like, that doesn't work. And so we, um, we tried to uh, intervene on her again. And I've told the story many times, my friend Bob Forrest was like, I'm not participating in that. Um, You can go and make amends to her. And that's, that's what I did. Um, And I offered her treatment that day. And I said, I'm really sorry for all the times that I tried to force you to get better when you weren't ready. And so, um, you know, Tess left and it, and it was hard. She, so she did end up, um, leaving LA and going to, you know, get better, which I was thrilled about, but we, there's a lot of, I think that there's some pain for me still to this day, because throughout our relationship, um, and we've, you know, known each other since we were toddlers. So it's been a long journey, uh, yeah. almost my entire lifetime, um, where she would disappear, or, you know, and and that's her own trauma and pain, and I get it., um, but she disappeared, but I was just happy to know that she was uh, safe. and we remained in um in communication. And then a couple years into that, I flew her out to LA to come visit and hang out. And we had an awesome, awesome time with my mom and my sister Gabby. Um, And so that felt really good. And I was hopeful for a, you know, like a new start, you know, like here we are, we're both actively trying to better our lives. Let's do this. And then um, she got pregnant and had a river, which I was thrilled about. And we were in pretty regular communication throughout her pregnancy. And I flew her back out when river was a baby Uh, She was maybe seven months to spend some time with us. And then she came out again uh, last January with River, who was then two, Uh. uh, to record the podcast. And then, yeah, and then, um, you know, more recently, things have definitely gotten more challenging as I was writing the book and really analyzing our relationship. I just, I had a lot of moments of sadness where I realized our relationship isn't where I would like it to be. And I had to come to terms with that. And then when we went to go visit Tess in January or July, rather, um, we flew out to Wisconsin and I talked to her, we were walking through the zoo and I was like, you know, I'm just, I was going through the book and just writing about our relationship and how how far we've come. And I brought up a few things, but then I I finished it with saying like, I'm just really proud of us for where we're at, you know, and it was cute. My mom took a, a snapshot in that picture and I still have it with our arms around each other, pushing our kids in the strollers. And I just, I was hopeful that, um, you know, that like, here we are, like we made it, we made it through all of the shit. Um, yeah. And then, definitely. you know, there's some issues that are coming up right now. She's she's expressed that she she's not happy with the book, which I think is kind of frustrating for me because I gave her an opportunity to read it beforehand and she didn't. And she chose not to. <laughs> um, but here's the thing, you know, the book is um, my truth. And... Everything that's in the book has been vetted and fact-checked and all of that stuff. And um, I felt like I was more than fair and kind. And I left out a lot of really gnarly stuff because I care about her and River. And this wasn't meant to be some like crazy book that like slams everybody. You know what I mean? Like this book is really about my story and my journey and my growth But I get it. She's not happy about it. And so uh, we're in this place right now that um, is frustrating. And I was just talking before you. Called in about relationships, and sometimes they're here for a reason or a season or a lifetime. And when you're hoping that they're for a lifetime, and you but you meet someone where they're at in their development, and you realize that it's just for a season, maybe it's really painful. And so, um, yeah. in a lot of ways, I'm kind of in the grieving process to be honest of that relationship and just realizing that it's never going to be what I'd like it to be but you have to meet people where they're at and that's okay um you know I'm wanting to put the hurt aside and just to move forward and I want absolutely nothing but the very very best for Tess and for her beautiful family and I'm hoping that you know daily she's breaking the cycle of generational trauma that was her own lineage you know what i mean i know how hard that work is so yeah i hope that answers your question
1: <laughs> it absolutely did thank you very much i was very curious
0: yeah yeah absolutely thank you for calling in
1: yep have a good day you
0: too bye bye yeah that's it's pretty hard to talk about <laughs> my heart hurts you know um, thinking about that relationship it's definitely a challenging challenging situation uh for sure tips for the law of attraction i get this a lot <laughs> um and i don't remember where i was talking about this uh more recently i think i was at an event i was it was at a birthday party with a bunch of um, women who are also in the work um, of becoming a more conscious human being. And I was talking about, you know, someone was like, oh, well, didn't you manifest your show? And we did. That was a really, really crazy story. Actually, my mom, Tess, Gabby and I, would every morning say this affirmation saying, you know, that was very long. I think it was like a page and a half long. And we would believe it, we would see it in our mind's eye. And then we would go out and pursue as much as we could, you know, our goals. And what do you know, the show appeared, I think that the affirmation was something along the lines of, you know, like, we are currently working in the entertainment industry, making upwards of $150,000 a year um, or something along that, upwards of $100,000 a year or something like that for the betterment of the world, right? So we would say this affirmation every single day. And what do you know? Tess and I were working on some movie and You know, like what are the odds that you'll get your own reality show? Like one in a million, right? Especially back then when reality was just kind of starting to have its boom. This was back in two thousand nine. So we ended up signing a contract with E, literally making the exact dollar amount that we said. I I don't remember if it was a hundred or a hundred and fifty thousand. It was something like that. Uh, and we were like, okay, we did it. We made it, right? <laughs> Meanwhile, like Tess and I, everybody had so much work to deal with, like with their own psyches and subconscious mind and belief systems and all the stuff. My mom's, you know, focus on self-worth or really all of our self-worth, our safety, finances. We had all of these um, belief systems that were really negative that we needed to deal with and then of course on the second day of filming I was arrested and shit at the fan and boom right (laughs) and then shortly after that everything went away and so I'm here to say if you say it enough and believe it enough it will happen right but If your subconscious and you have limiting beliefs, your subconscious mind is filled with crap, mainly the crap that we develop from age uh, age zero to seven, right? The crap that our parents gave us, (laughs) all of these belief systems, we will not be able to maintain what we're achieving. The other thing is, for every action, there is an opposite reaction. I'm reading right now Beat Simkin's book again, which is great. It's called Don't Just Sit There. And she's coming on the podcast in a couple of weeks, but she talks about how to um, weather <laughs> those opposite reactions, right? But they definitely don't have to be as big or as intense as mine was. It's just everything came to light. And uh, and divinely so, right? Because the last part of that affirmation came to fruition. Here we are, nine years later, nearly a decade later. The last part of that affirmation was for the betterment of the world and of the planet, right? And so it's like I am working in the entertainment industry, industry earning X amount of dollars a year for the benefit of the planet. And at the time, obviously, I talked about this in the book, I was so a part of the trashification of our culture with Pretty Wild and all of the shit I was doing in the media, right? But here we are eight years later, and it's kind of comes full circle. So (laughs) I 100% attribute that to, uh, you know, or at least in part to that affirmation. And being, um, you know, a manifester. Listen, when I, last year, I, when I started this podcast, I said before the end of the year, we're going to get picked up by a network. Before the end of the year, we're going to have this many downloads per episode. Before the end of the year, I'm going to have da 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 Before the end of the year, I'm going to get the book out and it's going to become a bestseller before. Guess what? And I hit all of those things. So it's like we set the intention we're working on our subconscious beliefs and our limiting belief systems, right? We're, we're like zoning in to that intention. We're feeling it in our body. And that's the Joe Dispenza work, right? Like, you know, all of the work that I've done, I have to give credit where credit's due. Joe Dispenza's meditations have been life-changing for me, feeling what it feels like to have money, you know, and money is such a huge, like, limiting belief system, I realized for me. I mean, man, I felt like I'm selfish if I asked to make more money. I should just be grateful for what I have. Fuck that. There is more than enough to go around. Okay? If the Bill Gates can have billions of dollars, I can have millions. And you can, too and i mean that's not just some like bullshit that i'm spitting at you i mean really you can um and there's many many coaches online that can show you how to do that so you know working on our on our belief systems focusing on our manifesting doing the meditations feeling what it would feel like to you know maybe it's like if you if you envision like rich right it's like Um, getting a massage every week, like feeling, oh, what would it feel like to to walk into the spa? What does the spa smell like? You know, I'm paying cash for this just because I have the cash. I'm tipping a full 25% because I've got it. Maybe I'm buying something in the gift shop. Mm, Can you feel how good that feels in your body? You know, and then thinking, you know, and manifesting from that place. Because when you're manifesting your body saying, no, forget it, you're not going to fucking go anywhere. But when your body's saying, yes, yes, this is what I want. You'll get it. So you're doing that. And then the next is applied action, but get out of the result. Right? So there's usually like a million little steps that we take. And then we get to the result. And so, um, but we also have to be willing to let go. Like, you know, I am manifesting a six figure year for myself this year. I don't know how the money's going to come, but I know it's fucking coming. It is coming. I envision my bank account. I'm like, this is the amount of money in it. I don't care if you have to write yourself a check. You know what I mean? and stick it on your computer and look at it every single day. And that's what I'm envisioning for myself. I don't know where the money's going to come. I'm thinking it's going to come from these courses that I'm developing for um, 2020. I'm thinking it's coming from you guys, all of you guys who are sharing this podcast and all of the gifts, you know, that you're giving to people's lives by listening to these experts, by, by growing in our consciousness, by, you know, healing from this podcast. You're sharing it. My numbers are growing, you know, from the brands who want to work with me, who want to align with this podcast now that we've got, you know, a number of great episodes up and we're with a network. I know that they're coming. The big deals are coming. And then from the sales of my book, you know, we're going to sell another 20,000 plus copies of my book this year. I just know it because it needs to be in the hands of people because it's aligned with the greater good, right? The universe wants us to succeed. God wants us to thrive. I know it. I know it in my being. It is the truth. Um. So with that, I think that's all of the questions that I feel like answering today. I've got another guest that's coming in Today has been awesome. I was kind of like, ugh, I don't want to do a solo episode. I hate hearing my own voice for over an hour but or 45 minutes or whatever it's been, but it's been great. And again, I love vibing with you guys and growing in this community. I want you guys to know that I'm like, my words, accessible. You can DM me. You have a loved one that needs help. You need help. You can DM me. You need advice, you can write in a question. I'm happy to answer it. You want to be a part of the community? Great. You want to come on and be a part of my coaching sessions? We're doing one. I think we're, we're pushing for a March launch on reparenting. Oh my God, the work is so profound and so powerful. I was talking about that zero to seven age where we develop the majority of our uh, belief systems. We're getting into that work you know, we're healing all of that stuff. Um, And then, yeah, I'm just so grateful for your guys support. I'm going to continue to support you. I appreciate you guys supporting me. And thank you for everyone who's bought the book too, who's left reviews on Amazon. Fuck, you guys are amazing. And I'm not just seeing amazing things for me in 2020, but I'm seeing amazing things for you too. So get hyped up, feel motivated. We're doing this shit together. Until next week. This week's affirmation is, I choose grace. I am empathetic towards others and myself. And so it is. If you enjoyed this week's episode, do me a favor, head over to the podcast app and make sure to subscribe to us, rate us and leave a review. We have new episodes every Monday and you can follow along with us on Instagram at recoveringfromreality or visit our website at recoveringfromreality.com.